Good morning and welcome back to Midpoint, your mid-Florida, mid-week, mid-morning source for news and public affairs from a local perspective. I'm your host, Shelley Reback. Today is International Women's Day and we are celebrating women on our mission calendar all month here at WMNF. Last month was Black History Month and now all of our programming will be female focused at some point during Women's History Month. Midpoint will be presenting a show on Wednesday, March 29th with historian Sarah McNamara, a scholar of Latina women in Ybor City. And Sarah will tell us all about the 1937 Women's Anti-Fascist March when 5,000-plus women marched through Ybor City to protest rising fascism in Spain and in the United States. That show will be followed by a very cool free celebration at the Cuban Club the next evening, Thursday, March 30th, with food, music, drinks, and more history to commemorate the 1937 Women's Anti-Fascist March and the unveiling of a mural and a historical marker that the city will be placing on 7th Avenue at the Ybor City Development Corporation building. I'm really excited to help promote this event and to bring back this forgotten anti-fascist history of Tampa. Tickets are free, but you need to register at Eventbrite under Nuestra Historia is Women's History, which is the title of the event. Uh, Now, speaking of rising fascism, I need to remind you that this is the most dangerous time of the year in Florida because it is the opening of the yearly Florida legislative season. Season, And as you may know, the session opened yesterday and the parade of horrible Republican legislative proposals that we discussed with our minority leader, Fentress Driscoll, last week on Midpoint has already kicked off. Yesterday, the day before International Women's Day, they filed a bill to ban abortions after six weeks before most women even know they are pregnant. Their legislation allows exceptions for rape or incest, but only up to 15 weeks and with evidence, like a police report, a restraining order, or some other record. Small mercies include exceptions for instances where an abortion is necessary to save a woman's life or avert serious physical damage. But the legislation filed Tuesday also prohibits state funds from being used for a person to travel to another state to access an abortion unless they are required by federal law or unless there is a medical necessity. That provision seems directly targeted to attack a proposal from the St. Petersburg City Council to spend $50,000 in support of the Tampa Bay Abortion Fund to pay travel expenses for pregnant city residents seeking abortions. We'll see what happens with that. So with the Republican supermajority in the legislature, Democrats can't really fight back, and we are facing the most dangerous legislative session we've seen in decades. It is hard to see how that danger will ever be averted when we look at the abysmal turnout in our elections, like the city of Tampa municipal elections just yesterday. Less than 14% of the city's eligible voters actually turned out to vote in the election that really matters the most in your daily life as a city resident. This is the election for your city council. They decide decide about zoning and development in your neighborhood and whether you'll be drinking toilet water from your faucet and whether citizens can adequately review police misconduct and so much more. And yet it seems very few people cared enough to make their voices heard. 
It's shameful, really. My only consolation is that if you are listening to Midpoint on WMNF, I know you care about the issues and I know you made it your business to get out to vote and you are in that 14% number of eligible voters. Uh, You also know that there will be a runoff in April in four of the city council races with that runoff election date scheduled for April 25th. So if you're a city resident, please, please show up for the runoff elections on or before April 25th. Now, remember that old saying from World War II? First, they came for the socialists, and I was not a socialist, so I did not speak up, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I like the version that said, first, they came for the journalists, and we don't know what happened after that, because journalism is really the first draft of history, And the Founding Fathers thought journalism and a free press was so important to a functioning democracy that they protected it in the First Amendment, not the Fifth or the Tenth Amendment, the very First Amendment. That's how important free speech and the free press is to democracy. So naturally, now, the Republican-controlled Florida legislature with their supermajority power is coming for the First Amendment and they're coming for the press for the media, and for free speech. My guests today will discuss with us the newly proposed legislation that attacks the media and attacks free speech, especially political speech, in ways that really could endanger our democracy. So with us uh, on the telephone is Bobby Block. Uh, Bobby is the executive director of the First Amendment Foundation in Tallahassee. The First Amendment Foundation was founded by the media and works to protect free speech, free press, and open government in the sunshine in Florida. So welcome, Bobby. You with us? Yep, I'm here. Happy to be here. Okay, great. Bobby, I'm going to ask you to hang up and call back on the other phone number I gave you, uh, and that way we can keep you on for the entirety of the show. This number uh, will kick you off every time we take a listener call. Um, Okay, so also with us is Allison Steele, a media lawyer from St. Petersburg, who with George Roddard for years represented the then St. Petersburg Times and uh, now practices on her own representing many other businesses and media clients. And from Tampa, we have Carol LeCicero. Carol is a media lawyer whose clients have included the once mighty Tampa Tribune. Uh, WFLA Channel 8 and many more media clients and I'm happy to have you both with us here on WMNF thanks for being with us thank you Uh, let's start with the two pieces of proposed legislation that most directly attacks the media and why it is important Uh, House Bill 951 seeks to make it easier uh, to sue the media for defamation uh, who wants to explain this defamation litigation uh, legislation for us? Uh, Carol, can you can you step in and do that and tell us what it is, what this legislation purports to do, and why it's important? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on the show. The uh, 951 has now been replaced by House Bill 991. Um, And anybody can follow the bill's progress online just by Googling Florida HB 991 and seeing how it's progressing. 
The bill does a lot of things, um, including um, unconstitutional things. Uh, it affects where people can be sued. So imagine living and speaking in Key West and being sued in Pensacola, more than 800 miles away. Um, it impacts constitutional legal standards under the First Amendment, uh, multiple constitutional legal standards, uh, including, you know, who is a public figure and, and well, what... Well, let, let, yeah. let me make you back up for a minute. <clears throat> sure. Let's explain to the listeners, what is a defamation lawsuit? A defamation lawsuit is somebody sues generally a media outlet. That's what we're talking about in this bill for disparaging them, right? For saying something bad about them. Uh, publishing something bad about them, right? That's the gist of it, right. If you say something false that injures someone's reputation, um, it's not just the media, it's anybody who can be sued. Yeah, anybody can be sued. And and generally, uh, when we talk about something that's true, uh, truth would be a a defense to a defamation lawsuit, right? Well, yes. I mean, if if something's true, it's, it's not defamation. Okay. All right. So if something's true, it's not defamation. And if it's untrue, people can sue for it to preserve their reputation or to seek damages for damages to their reputation. That's right. Right. Okay. So that's the current state of the law, basically, in a nutshell. And now we have a bill from the Florida legislature that wants to change that and to make it uh, easier for people to sue for defamation, easier than the current state of the law, right? That is the bottom line. Yeah. And the current state of the law comes from a case out of the Supreme Court, right? Right. And it's governed by this case, what, New York, New York Times, Times versus, versus Sullivan. Sullivan. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what does Sullivan say that we want that this legislation purports to attack? What New York Times versus Sullivan, which arose during the civil rights unrest in our country, did was it involved government officials and created a higher what lawyers would call fault standard. So that means that if a government, if speech is about a government official, in order for the government official to win a libel lawsuit, they have to prove either that the statement was published knowing that it was false. So a journalist or a speaker published something false or that the speaker um, sort of is called reckless disregard, mm-hmm. meaning that they entertained doubts about it and published it anyway. Okay. So that's the current state of the law as set forth by the United States Supreme Court. Now we have this legislation, this proposed legislation out of Florida that wants to make it easier for public figures to sue for defamation, right? They want to make it easier for them to win. Right. There's a distinction between a public official who's who's a, you know, an elected official is an easy example of that. Uh-huh. And public figures. Public figures are people like um, a limited purpose public figure would be someone who's involved in a controversy. Um, and that would be that is that is the main kind of um, plaintiff that this law tries to make defamation lawsuits easier for. Okay, so uh, what would that kind of person be? Like, could that be someone who's like a community activist? Could be. Uh, or 
Um, a plain, a, a limited purpose public figure could be someone that's in the middle of a controversy. So definitely a community activist. Um, think about the protests after um, George Floyd's death. Okay. And people who spoke out about um, what the police had done. Um and that could be, you know, had George Floyd survived, he probably would have been a limited purpose public figure. So I'm really skeptical that the Florida Republican Florida legislature is trying to give more rights to community activists who spoke out uh, on behalf of Black Lives Matter after the George Floyd uh, or during the George Floyd pro- protests. They must have somebody else in mind. So what do you think that this legislation is designed to do? Who do you think it's designed to help? Well, there's no real secret about that. There was a roundtable that the governor hosted with panel members um, prior to the introduction of House Bill 991 that said basically the belief is that the scales are tipped too far in the favor of the what they call the mainstream or traditional media and that it should be easier to win libel lawsuits against them. Okay. So uh, maybe if you're the, the governor or you're um, an elected official, it would make this law would make it easier for you to sue a mainstream media outlet for disparaging you or what you believe to be disparagement? Well, there are aspects of the bill that would help, um, but that the the limited purpose public figure doctrine um, is 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 what the actual malice aspects of the bill attack primarily and um, not not um, application of that standard to government officials elected government officials okay so, primarily so uh, let me understand because it is pretty complicated. Why should we care about this particular bill? Why should we as people in the community, as citizens of Florida, why should we care about this bill? What does it, you know, how is it going to affect us? Um, It's going to affect any speaker who opens their mouth or sits down and touches a keyboard or picks up a pen, Mm -hmm. Um, really anybody who speaks. So whatever the intent of the bill was, um, it it applies across the board. So your community activist, your, you know, fighting with your conduct board. What about a radio host like me (laughs) who rants about fascism in Florida government every week? What about somebody like that? Do yes. I have to worry? Everybody has to worry. Absolutely. Yeah. You're in jeopardy. I'm in jeopardy. Allison says I'm in jeopardy. Yeah. I, I think what the, the bill uh, is pointed toward, and, and I, I don't think it's a secret at all, is the, the uh, state of Florida wants to overrule Supreme Court precedent by statute, which you can't do. Can you do that? You can't, you do, can't that. do that. No, you can't do that. I remember from my lawyering days. You can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Well, and they've tried it before. They've passed previous statutes that have taken direct aim at First Amendment uh, principles that have been uh, decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. And they've set up those cases so that there is an action that's brought in the federal trial court, goes up to the federal appellate court, and then it's placed before the U.S. Supreme Court to give whatever justices no longer agree with the particular First Amendment principle at issue the chance to overturn it. 
like happened ah, recently with okay Roe so Wade. this is this is like a a long range plot to get this issue before the Supreme Court really I think that's a that's a good way to characterize it oh okay all right because now we, you know we have this compliant uh, United States Supreme Court with a conservative majority and they feel that you know the time is ripe huh I think so okay so somebody like me should worry but maybe I have a couple years worth of ranting and raving before it gets to the Supreme Court. Uh, Probably you do. Uh, Probably what I would recommend to uh, a lot of people who are engaged, as you are, in uh, actively uh, expressing opinion and news uh, in a public forum is to... uh, Form a relationship with a lawyer real fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing I have two of the best media defense lawyers in the region right here with me. So don't forget to leave your cards yeah. on the way out. <laughs> and, and I say that because, you know, let us help you. Yeah. The lawyers are not just limited to working for companies and big media. Many of us, like, like I do, represent individual uh, writers, individual journalists, independent journalists and bloggers and photographers. Uh, who who publish news and commentary. Uh, so we're out here and we are willing to help. Oh, thank goodness. Well, WMNF is going to put you in the Rolodex, hopefully not necessarily on speed dial. But, um, you know, I have a feeling that, you know, I mean, people like me need to be concerned about this. You know, that that was one of the major questions I wanted to, you know, pose to both of you Uh in our show today is, you know, should I be concerned? I mean, I joke all the time that, uh, you know, there's, you know, my name is on the door of the bunk in the re-education camp already that I'm just waiting for that, you know, transportation uh, to come for me. But but truly, this is something that is dangerous. I mean, we are here at WMNF. We are listener-supported independent media we do you know we do not have you know the resources of the new york times or even the saint pete times uh you know much depleted resources we don't have any of that behind us you know we have a bunch of loyal listeners who support us because they want to hear independent news and views um like you know we try to bring here on midpoint and so if they come for us which they could you know i mean they came for disney for god's sake right you know they came for disney because they didn't like the opinions expressed by disney you know they're certainly not going to like my opinions i mean once they <laughs> become aware of them do you do you write a blog well, yes, as a matter of fact, uh, the news department here at WMNF mm-hmm. has asked all the news and public affairs hosts, programmers, to post to uh, the WMNF website, which sort of serves as a blog. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that there's a legal definition of blog that that would fall outside of. So, yeah. You're going to hear some knocking on the door soon. They're coming for you now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with this uh, new legislation that's proposed, it's currently Senate Bill 1316. Okay, so this is the blogger yeah. bill, too, we're going to talk about bill. today. And I, it's related. It's related because, again, it's a, a, a an obvious effort to control speech and, and further to find out who is speaking so that they can be squelched. Mm. There's no other reason to have a law like this but to punish speech that you don't like. Um, in particular, with respect to anyone who runs a blog right now, anybody, even non-traditional media, they're covered by the definition of the people. But hold up, Allison. Mm-hmm. I noticed as I looked at that legislation that it says 
it, it seems to be limited to paid bloggers. Uh, and I can attest to the fact that I am not paid. I am a volunteer. So how relates, does that affect me? Sure. It, it says compensated. Compensation. It's not you're a paid blogger. If the blogger receives compensation, meaning anything of value provided to a blogger in exchange for a blog post or series of blog posts. I got now, a bumper sticker does that once. Include that? <laughs> right. There you go. Peel it off the car. If, if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, writing on my blog about the newest face cream or, or shoes or something like that, uh, sure, the, the maker of those items might give me uh, the product so that I can test it out. But we're talking about anything of value. And I think that as the words uh, leap off the page, that's broad enough to just include advertising. If you accept, accept advertisements on your blog, you're receiving things of value in order to publish on the blog. Perhaps not specific stories, but the, the law doesn't seem clear enough to say, well, you have to get paid for the specific story. Uh, well, take notes from my defense, because I think WMNF is a little bit on the safe side of this, because, you know, we don't, we are non-commercial, That's you know, true. so we don't take advertising, paid advertising. From you take donations. Businesses. We take donations, but it's for the running of the station, so I'm not sure that that, is that considered? Donations are something of value. Mm. So people who are receiving anything from anyone. Okay. Uh, in in connection with, but I personally am not receiving any any donations. The station does is. the station pay you? No, no, they do not pay me. I'm a volunteer, man. I'm okay. a volunteer. Jessica is a volunteer. My board operator is a volunteer. Pretty much most people here at WMNF are volunteers. Okay, well that's a all good the point. programmers, I should say. That's a very good point. Yeah, uh, because you know one a single defense that comes out of the statutory language is that I'm writing on my blog and nobody's paying me. I have no ads. Right. I don't I don't take anything from anybody right. to say my opinions. But that's not everybody. No, it, no, no. Like what about all these new Substack uh, writers? Right, who, right. At six, there you go. Six bucks a month. You know, we have Judd Legum and Billy Townsend and Jason Garcia, mm -hmm. all of whom are, you know, critical mm -hmm. of, of uh, the politics in Florida. Now listen how, to how this affects you. If, if you are a blogger and there is any compensation, that anything of value that you get uh, for this blog, um, you're going to have to file a report. You're going to have to register with the government. And is there a fee for registration? We don't know. It doesn't say. Okay. Uh, but there is a fine if you fail to file your monthly reports on time. All right. And notice also that this statute is specific as to who it protects. In other words, it, it's not just if I talk about anything on my blog. It's if I talk about an elected state officer, right. meaning the governor, the lieutenant governor, a cabinet officer, or any member of the legislature. Right. So if I criticize like a public, a pub sub or something, no problem. But if I, care. they don't care. But if I criticize Ron DeSantis, Man, I am I am really the, uh, uh, skating the, the, in, in the danger zone. All right, you are listening to Midpoint on WMNF Radio 88.5 with my experts in the First Amendment. And you can join our conversation by calling 813-239-9663. You can email us at dj at wmnf.org or you can text us at 813-433-0885. Let me, let me ask Bobby who's been so patient, hanging on the line. Bobby, you with us? 
Are you with us? Bobby Block? I'm here. I'm okay, here. great. Uh, can you tell us what's the status of these pending bills right now? I know you've been following them as they uh, make their way through the process in Tallahassee. Where, where are we at with them? We're waiting for them to come up uh, in committee, which we will expect that we'll testify against them and they'll nod their heads and they'll pass it anyway. <laughs> the expectation yeah. yeah. I just, there's something I want to say while listening to everything else you've been saying. Um, I'm, I'm, to be quite honest, while I'm horrified being a former newsman at the implications of the bill for the media, I see this as far bigger than an anti press bill. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, we've been calling it a a death to public discourse bill, because what it really does is it intimidates free speech across the board, as I think Carol said. It affects old media, new media, mainstream media, conservative media, social media. You're a, you, you have a Facebook page, and you've gone to a... Yeah, what about that? Meeting ...and you're upset up. Uh, the zoning decisions or growth and development plan that makes it seem to you that somebody put their finger on the scale and you go and you you say that, you know, uh, is our county commission on the take? I'm deeply upset with the decision-making that took place and there's no transparency. Bam, you're out there. You can find yourself in the crosshairs of a lawsuit as a result of that. Um the, the, the thing is, is that more and more of this seems to be geared toward exactly what you were saying, uh, it, weaponizing the law to punish critics, bring critics to heel, and enable um, decision-making to take place in darkness outside of public scrutiny. Well, that and certainly answers my question, Bobby, about, you know, why we should care about this. This is far bigger than media. This, yeah. this impacts this impacts anyone who wants their voice to be heard on any forum that that you have, whether it's a, 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 a Christian radio broadcaster, a housewife Facebooker, or a reporter for the Tampa Bay Times. Wow. Okay. Uh, let me turn to my uh, listeners. I've got a few uh, people who uh, want. Um want to make a comment or have a question. So let me bring in Susan from Tarpon Springs. Susan, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I am a former teacher and a retired therapist. And my comment here is you keep talking. You keep saying what you're saying. Don't let them shut you up. You've probably heard, I don't remember how it goes, but it's something like the only thing that is required for evil to flourish is that good men say nothing. And women. <laughs> of course women. They here on International here. Women's Day. We, we have to use our voices because if we do not use our voices, then everybody else is going to take over. And there's really more people that believe the right thing. They just don't say anything. It's the big mouths that are the ones that you hear. So we have to balance it out. 
because seriously, it scares me what's happening here in Florida, and I am only been here for five and a half years now. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susan. Appreciate that, and uh, thanks for your, uh, you know, pat on the back, your virtual pat on the back, and uh, hopefully you are a supporter of independent non-commercial media here at WMNF, uh, because, you know, we certainly have uh, every intention of keeping on and uh, making our voices heard, and we give you and we give you the opportunity yeah. to make your voice heard too. Right. So, well, I listen to you and I listen to WMNF, and that's about it. I mean, um, the other one, the NPR one, I listen to the two local ones. Okay, well, thanks yeah. very much for being a supporter of WMNF. Right. We appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks. And I've got uh, Dave in Tampa on the line. Dave, uh, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. Um, <clears throat> could you repeat your name's guest and sure. uh, info? They're not doing that enough here. I'm going to tell you that. Uh, I heard you say they are lawyers. Yeah. So everybody listening to this needs to know who they are and how to contact them. <laughs> Number two. Well, we're non-commercial here, so you can I find know, them but yourself. But I have Carol La Cicero here from <laughs> Carol La Cicero from Thomas and La Cicero um, in Tampa, and Allison Steele, who's in St. Petersburg. They're both lawyers, and on the air, I have. Bobby Block, a former journalist who's now the executive director of the First Amendment Foundation in Tallahassee. So that's so I got who, a question, too. Yeah. What is your question? I'm thinking of being creative ways to uh, counter this. And, I, yeah, I just, all listeners, I'm hoping they will think the same way. For example, could we use chat GPT? to create critical blogs and then post them somewhere where it's difficult to trace who is actually behind the blog. I wow. That's that a great question. Dave, thank you. Let me yeah. turn to my experts. We go and, underground. If and, yeah. this, we're going to go underground. Yeah, let me, let me turn to my experts and pose that to them because that is a very interesting yeah. point. Thanks for calling in. You what do you think? Your, yeah, he's put his finger right, right on the point of something that runs through both these bills. They attack the idea of anonymous speech. Um, it's an established First Amendment right that uh, Americans are allowed to speak anonymously about public officials, about political matters, about public matters. Uh, and, and that's our constitutional right individually as citizens. We don't have to be associated with the media. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen Hamilton. Uh, the one court has called uh, the, the uh, tradition of um, anonymous speech the honorable tradition of anonymous pamphleteering. And when you think back to the very beginnings of this country, a lot of the material uh, that, that was written and published with respect to the political ideas that were being bounced around it was anonymous. Not only that, but Benjamin Franklin was anonymous as a woman. So he ran afoul of not only, you know, multiple, multiple <laughs> DeSantis <laughs> uh, issues, you know, because mm -hmm. he wrote in drag, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so the government can come after you. They can issue subpoenas or otherwise investigate. These bills lay the groundwork for investigatory activity to find out who the anonymous speaker is. So I applaud the ingenuity. Um, and I think that we're all going to have to think together about even safer means. Yeah. Of, or just, you know, lay it out there. Come and get me. Yeah. Well, they certainly know where to find me. And Lenny from Gulfport wants to know if, uh, if I get sued for defamation, and Carol, maybe you can tell me this. Would I qualify as a public figure because I'm on the radio? 
What Meaning if you, Shelly, get sued. Yeah, if I get um, sued possibly, by, you know. You might be a public figure. You have a forum to speak about yeah. issues. So Lenny wants to know that. Thanks for watching out for me, Lenny. We appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and we have another uh, text message here from Jerome who wants to know, will the right-wing AM secular radio hosts who lambast the liberals also be in the line of fire from HB 991? What do you think? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And that's the thing that, that's the thing that's really interesting is um, a lot of conservatives and supporters of the governor, when they hear this, their automatic assumption is that this is targeted at their enemies. This is targeted at the New York Times. This is at CNN, the Washington Post. But this is the, 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 the law has been weaponized into a blunt instrument in this case. And, and, and everyone is in danger. And I would argue that conservative media is, is perhaps the most vulnerable one. Right now, everything they do is protected speech, but that would be lifted by this law. And they would they would face a lot of there's not a day that goes by if you if you listen or read conservative media where, for instance, um, uh, vaccines and um, mRNA technology and pharmaceutical executives are constantly under fire. Um, which is now absolutely permissible. Um, well, let me uh, let me stop you for a second and ask uh, all of you this uh, current case by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox. How would that case be affected if this law, you know, went into effect and it was sued in Florida? Like, you know, would it be easier for Dominion to win that case against Fox? Definitely. Well, they wouldn't have the, they wouldn't have their current defense of the actual malice standard. Okay. So, yeah. So that's one of the that's that's a very concrete example. That's so, right. So uh, so why are why is the Republican conservative legislature pushing this bill when it makes them so vulnerable, potentially vulnerable to these lawsuits? Well, I, that's another question I have. I am not so sure with what we were talking about earlier. I'm not sure that the so they you know in Roe v. Wade, the conservatives were very very sure that they had the vote against uh to, to overturn the precedent i'm not so sure they have the votes to overturn times these Sullivan. Mm. um we know that clarence thomas has wanted uh, another bite at it uh we know that gorsuch has some issues with it but roberts and alito have always been big on public debate and an open robust dialogue and free speech all right um well, Bobby, let me well, let me stop you for a second because my phones are blowing up here. Let me stop you for a second. My phones are blowing up here. Uh, let me take a couple callers um, and see what our listeners have to say about these topics. So I have John in Tampa. John, you're on the line. John, Hello. you're on the air. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I just had a comment and then I'll, I'll uh, okay. what you have to say about it. Um, it sounds like it's uh, free speech and for spreading lies and half-truths, but it's you can be fined or locked up for telling the truth. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I guess right. that, Thank you, you John. Uh, what do you think, right. Allison? I think the caller is absolutely right. Yeah. This uh, bill with respect to registering, if you're a blogger, do, does not um, uh, in any way, it's not affected by whether what you're publishing is true or false. It's if you... Uh, it, 
talk about these particular individuals who, who occupy positions of power in state government. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it, it doesn't... Truth is not a defense. Right. You're going to get, uh, first, you're going to get found out because there are government agencies that are, are going to be tasked with finding you out that you right. are a blogger who has talked about the government. So we won't just have the voting police now. We're going to have the blogging police. You're going to have the blogging police. Um, and then you're going to get told that you didn't file your report on time, and so we're going to fine you $25. $2,500. Right. $2,500 $2, for per report. And per then that report. builds up over time. Yeah. And then that builds up. And There's like a $2,500 fine if you don't register, I think. <laughs> uh, there, there are a lot of uh, uh, provisions in both of these bills that, that I think are designed to make people fearful of engaging yeah. in any political speech, which is sort of the hallmark of our country and what differentiates us from so many others. Right. Um, it chills speech. Chills speech. That's exactly the, the language phrase. of the First Amendment. Yeah. Let me bring in Terry from Bradenton. Terry, you're on the on the air. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, Orwell's book is coming true exactly 40 years later. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the Facebook has now become the thought police. Truth is stranger uh, than fiction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems to be true. All That's right. about it. It's, All right. It's, it's terrifying to see what's going on in Florida. Well, you know, what's terrifying to me is that less than 14% of eligible voters turned out to vote in the election. And it would seem that... People should be more terrified. People should be more uh, engaged, not more apathetic. But yet this is what we see. And I, you know, it, it makes it easy to understand Germany in 1932, 1933, and the rise of the Nazi regime there because people just go about their lives, living their lives. They're apathetic about the politics that's arising around them. And, you know, they don't take steps to do what is within their power to do, which is to remove these people from positions of power. So, but this show is a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we're here. They can find us. Thank you for calling, Terry. Yeah. Uh, and I have Dave in Sarasota. Dave, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to make a comment on a, a, like a related issue, but um, I think they should make a law that says um, all uh, political donors be listed and how much they gave to the politicians. Well, you know, they don't need they, they, they need a congressional federal law to basically remove Citizens United, which is right. the, the if they can. <laughs> you know, yeah, which is the the case that seems to be protecting uh, you know, money in politics. So very true. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for your thank call. You. And I have Steve in Largo. Steve, you're on the air. Yes, thanks. Thanks for a great show. Um I'll I'll try and be brief. The first thing is there is a blog site that is very popular. I mean, I think it has hundreds of thousands of viewers. You might already know about it. It's called the Daily Cause, K-O-S. You can go on there, register anonymously, and write articles, blogs, diaries, and say whatever you want. And on Daily Cause, they have some people posting articles about DeSantis that the Tampa Bay Times is afraid to touch. 
So that's one thing to know, the daily cause, D-A-I-L-Y, next word, K-O-S. Okay. You can write your own journalism, and I don't think you can be found out. Number two, um, I think... Well, you know, I, I think it would be kind of hard to find you, Steve, in Largo, uh, as a commentator here on this show, for example. I mean, you know, you go yeah, over the air and you're that. gone. Give the government subpoena power. Thank God for that. That's and what this is going to do. Briefly, mm-hmm. um, journalists are already intimidated and afraid here in Florida. Um, I have contacted the Tampa Bay Times to ask them why they don't look into the very credible allegations that Ron DeSantis was a torture-enabling war criminal when he was a lawyer at Guantanamo and a war crimes-enabling uh, government lawyer in Fallujah, Iraq. Yeah, I heard that, you, Steve. You know, I think if he declares for uh, his candidacy for presidency, you'll see a lot more investigation about that. At least I hope so. I, I hope mean- so, but we're, my, my final thing is this. Um, we're, I believe that like saying that journalism is going to translate to more information, voters will be better informed and will vote. I think that 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 best has left the station. I think that relying on journalism and information alone to fight back against these fascists is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Unless the American people who are progressive are willing to have enough guts like the women of Iran do and just shut the country down and do general strikes and mass protests and get in the face of all of these fascists. Oh, now they're definitely coming for me. I think we're going to be ruined. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate your perspective, uh, certainly here on Midpoint. So thanks very much for calling in. Appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, and we have uh, Charles in Tampa who has texted me to say the crackpot right-wingers are not vulnerable to these laws. It's not a coincidence that these laws are being pushed forward after our United States Supreme Court has been in effect stacked by radical activists and right-wingers. This state is completely red. All of our judicial avenues are covered by, again, radical activist Republicans. That's from Charles in Tampa. Well, you know, um, yes and no, Charles. Um, You know, we recently had a an election in Florida in November where we ousted um, a very conservative, um, seemingly Republican, although the judicial elections are nonpartisan, but um, seemingly Republican judicial candidate. We ousted him in favor of a more liberal uh, woman uh, elected judge in our state court. So it is possible, you know, it is possible to do that. People just have to be engaged and they they have to vote. I mean, I think there's a step between uh, what Steve from Largo was talking about with regard to huge protests and general strikes and uh, and nothing. And that step is voting. I think that's... That's, that's a step. And, and remember, there's a state system and a federal system. And, and really, there have been judicial heroes as these bills attacking constitutional rights have been challenged, particularly in federal court. That's true. Even uh, even the, the abortion ban in Florida, the 15-week abortion ban, is currently under an in, uh, 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 Prelim- in, a preliminary injunction uh, by a federal court judge. Um, and it's, uh, in fact, so mu- it's so important that the current six-week uh, ban that's been proposed says... 
that the six-week ban will take effect within 30 days of a decision overturning uh, the Florida constitutional uh, interpretation um, that the Florida Constitution's right to privacy protects a woman's right to abortion. So uh, they know they can't, like, just shove it through right now, They that there is litigation ongoing right now and that they are currently enjoined um, from moving forward with the six-week ban. And so they've made it this kind of... Um, kind of liquidated damages kind of uh, legislation that says, yeah, we'll take effect 30 days after we win in the Florida Supreme Court. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I've got Fran and Largo on the air. Fran, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I agree with uh, what Steve just said. And also, uh, I want to add uh, the people in France. That's another, uh, that's another country where the people, they just show up when there's any threat to things to them, uh, like about their pension, the age, uh, and, and just by two years, the age of, uh, of collecting your pension goes, they want to change it from 62 to 64. And the people are out in the streets stopping traffic, stopping everything. Right, the yellow and, vest people. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, they, they just automatically unite. And why can't we have that spirit in this country? We are so separated by sex, by race, by by ideology and, and religion, whatever it is, we have to start coming together for each other, for each other against these fascist regime, regimes. And I mean, it's far worse here, I think, than in France. And it's, it's just going to smother us. I um, feel... I feel smothered in this state now. Yeah, I know how you feel, Fran. I know how um, you feel. I'm venting right now, but... That's you know, all right. Thank you, you for your vent. comments. I okay. appreciate it. Yeah, do, it while okay. you, do it while you don't have to get a permit to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah comment while you don't have to get a permit. Um, you know, let me just point out to something that Steve and Fran both talked about, you know, with regard to these massive, you know, protests that they think that should be ongoing in Florida. In the last legislative session, we had a law that passed, the protest law, that I think is also under an injunction now, having been found unconstitutional under the First Amendment uh, right to assembly. Um, There's a long list. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but so, you know, they passed that law making protest dangerous. Now they're, you know, they're trying to pass these laws making uh, speech and comment, commenting dangerous. And, um, and so basically, this is all of a piece with suppressing any form of dissent. That's really what it's all about, is suppressing any form of dissent, which is really, when you think about it, if you have a historical perspective at all, it's so ironic because this country was founded on the principle that dissent is patriotic. And, you know, that's how we got the United States of America, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and don't lose sight of the fact that House Bill 991 includes a sort of new cause of action for discrimination um, if you accuse someone of discriminating against gay people or transgender or uh, being a racist, uh, there's, a, there's a statutory damages of $35,000. 
So yeah. if I accuse, if I accuse Ron DeSantis or Blazing Goglia of some of being racist, that they can sue me and get thirty thousand dollars worth of damages. Thirty-five thousand oh, dollars worth of damages. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. Again, why do we think that these Repu- conservative Republicans are in favor of this law? It seems like this particular law, this defamation law, is really dangerous to them. I can't answer that question. Mm. I, I think about it a lot, and I don't really understand why. I do feel like people are waking up some. Um, on all ends of the political spectrum, but I I don't know that people understood that this was really about more than just attacking sort of legacy media or whatever you want to categorize people getting paid little to do a very hard job and report to the public. I think it's about conservative virtue signaling. <laughs> I think that's all they care about. Well, I, I don't know. They seem to be much more directed than that, you know, much more... Uh, purposeful than that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just find this really hard to, to understand. Um, let me see, let me see if DeAndre and Brandon has any idea about that. You're on the air, DeAndre. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah. I, I, I remember a ban on loud music over 75 or 7.5 decibels. Um, attempting to have them put through a while back but the uh and it was seeming that they were trying to really get at well nuisance um uh uh persons with their cars you know bumping that loud loud music. right it uh years ago i recall it was it wouldn't uh be so successful because what about the cars that or the motorcycles with the really loud engine? right 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 Okay, well, let me fi- let me find out from my lawyers here. Do you remember that law, the noise law? Well, a, a noise like that, a, a law Thanks, like DeAndre. that, a, a law like that, which you know kind of appears on its face to say, "Oh, well, that makes sense." Um, that can have the the pernicious effect of of outlawing uh, behavior that is is traditionally political speech. Yeah, like for example, with a blo- driving uh, in your car with a megaphone, right? And, megaphone and, and, and at a protest, protesting. Or, uh, yeah. co- Saying your views, you, even the the uh, public officials who go out and rouse people from uh, yeah. beaches and during hurricanes. Right. Let me just point one thing out uh, before we have to close today. But in 2014, Vladimir Putin officially passed what's become known as the Blogger's Law in Russia, which required popular internet writers to follow the rules normally reserved for larger media outlets. And under that law, any blogger with more than 3,000 readers was required to register register with the state. And that law covered not only traditional blogs, but also microblogs and social networks. So in addition to following existing laws, writers would be responsible for fact-checking any information they post and removing any inaccurate comments. And if and they're forbidden from harming the reputation of a person or group or using their platform to hide or falsify information of general interest. So I just want to point that out, that this blogger law, for example, didn't come out of like nowhere. It didn't just like fall out of the ether. This is, again, another uh, example of conservative Republican lawmaking that's following in the footsteps 
of repressive regimes, like in this case, Putin in Russia, in other cases, Viktor Orban in Hungary. Um, but, you know, this is this is the type of thing that they are adopting um, or trying to adopt in America. And what about us in America being the model for these other countries? Yeah. Not the reverse. Yeah, well, that's not happening. You know, that's not happening. Um, I, I really uh, want to... Um, Note that, you know, we have to be very, very conscious of not just local news, but world news. And so when we see things that we don't like in countries like Hungary, like uh, we saw in Bolsonaro's Venezuela, like we see in Russia today, you know, we need to pay attention and our little spidey senses need to start tingling because that's the kind of thing that could be following us right here uh, back to us in Florida. So uh, I, I, I've got I, this is such a fascinating discussion and I'm sorry that we have to close it. But, you know, they only give me an hour to get in trouble here on the radio. So I want to thank my guest, Bobby Block of the First Amendment Foundation and uh, my media lawyers here, Carol LaCicero from Tom's, uh, Thomas and LaCicero in Tampa and Allison Steele uh, from St. Petersburg for being with us today to talk about these legislative attacks on the free press and bloggers and any commentators like yours truly. Um, I'm going to have you all on speed dial from now on. And I want to thank my WMNF volunteers, Jessica Green and Barbara Fling, who helped make this show run. Uh, remember, all of our shows are archived for your listening pleasure on demand at WMNF.org slash midpoint or as a WMNF midpoint podcast uh, the day after the show airs, wherever you get your podcasts. So if you joined us late, you can go back and you can still listen on demand if you only heard part of the show. Uh, and you can show your support for Midpoint and WMNF by dropping a donation in our tip jar because we are listener supported. We are brought to you by you. We are not legacy media. We are not big news. <laughs> we are uh, community news and community radio, and we'd be very grateful for your support. So uh, now please stay tuned for the NPR News and Duncan Strauss with Talking Animals will be up next. We are WMNF Tampa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>